0: so excited for my guest today. And I know I always say that, but truth be told, she's like one of my favorite humans. And I haven't even known her for like three months. Karen Duby is here. She's so amazing, but like, I didn't even ask her like what her title was. I'm just like, she's amazing. So when she comes on, she'll tell you what her title is, but she's fantastic. She is an NLP um, master practice like me. Um, And she just has this way of really connecting to the to to the inner sanctum of a person, as you guys are going to hear and feel in her energy as she gets here today. You're listening to The Magnetic Goddess, a podcast for women who are ready to step into their power and live their best lives. I'm your host, Amy Lee Westervelt, and I'm here to guide and inspire you to take the journey back to your higher self. We'll talk about everything from personal development to career growth to relationships. We'll share tips, tools, and strategies that will help you become the most confident, successful, and magnetic version of yourself. We'll also talk to inspiring women who have already achieved their dreams and are living their best lives. We'll learn from their stories and discover what it takes to create a life that is truly fulfilling. I believe that every woman has the potential to be a magnetic goddess. She has the power to attract anything she wants in life and she can create her birthright of abundance. I'm here to help you tap into that inner goddess and live your best life. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. Let's start living our best lives together as magnetic
1: goddesses.
0: So please welcome the incredible Karen Dewey to the show.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: Hi. I didn't even think to ask you what your title was. Like I was just chatting away. So what does the lovely Karen call herself?
1: Um, you mean like title as in credential or title as in what do I go by?
0: Like what kind of coach you are? Like,
1: like huh. who do you call yourself? Gosh, I think it depends on who I'm talking to, <laughs> honestly. I and I think that that took me a long time to discover because I used to get so stumped. Like, well, what do you do? And I, I do so much. <laughs> I, I, I do whatever it takes to make people feel better. That's really what it is in a nutshell. So life coaching, business mentoring, working on relationships, health and wellness, whatever, whatever facets of life that I could be of help to, to give any insights or implementation for people to be able to work on on improving the quality of their lives and find more, more joy, more power, all of that. It's all fair game.
0: I love that. So like, basically like your is like, so what do you do? I do whatever it takes. Like, Oh, that's so <laughs> good. Like, oh okay. So now that we got that out of the way, because I should have had that answer. More, um, how does one go from being like going through school and like flipping the tassel and all the things to like suddenly becoming a do whatever it takes coach? Like, what's that? Like, what was the trajectory of that? Like,
1: the trajectory of that is I found out now that my human design line is, is a six, a six, three. And so in my six, I didn't know what I was doing for so, so many years. It was like, I'll try this. I'll try this. I'll try that. And so it was, I don't love to say trial and error, but it was trial and growth because I just kept trying and growing and changing and shifting and pivoting. And so initially in school, it was I liked to study human behavior, and I liked to to study nutrition. And so I started that path. And then that grew into studying Eastern medicine. And that grew into a spiritual path of yoga. And that grew into self awareness and self development. And that grew into life coaching. So it was just this natural evolution of what started out as I really don't know what to do.
0: (laughs) I love that. And and I think that And, and, you know, you kind of mentioned that you were a six three, you didn't mention yet that you're a generator. So I'm just going to put that out there that you are. Um, I think that as generators, like that's kind of how life unfolds for us, isn't it? Like, it's very much about like following the next breadcrumb and like kind of going to that place where we're activated And, and that can turn on and off kind of like at a moment's notice. And I think a lot of people, when they're starting to recognize their sacral authority, they're, they're looking for. Like kind of a way to make the jump and then get the confirmation. And it's actually the other way around. It's like the confirmation comes first, like you're jumping. And then it's like, you're following that impulse rather than going, should I jump there? It's like you jump there because you feel it. And you're a perfect example of that, right? Like just, Oh, this is interesting. This activates me. Let me go study this. So yes. you've done so many different things. Um, you mentioned that you did nutrition, you did yoga for a while. Um, you, I think you told me that you, you went to India, right?
1: I did. I went to India. So I I started studying psychology and biology and nutrition. I have, I had three, three, uh, degrees in college, psychology, biology, and nutrition. And then with nutrition, I decided to continue and become a registered dietitian and get my master's. So I studied nutrition and opened up a private practice, and I was working in dietetics actually first in, in clinical settings and then in private practice. And then because of my, just, I'm sorry, you're going to hear my dogs. They're barking at That's something. Um, but then I decided to start practicing yoga just personal for personal reasons. I was, I was interested in practicing yoga and it became such a, not passion only, but like a, a, a calling to learn and to formally study new tr- um, yoga and to really be in service of that kind of spiritual growth and mindset work the interesting thing is that most people think yoga is like Gumby flexibility and it it certainly is that's but it's a modality to to working with your mind so yoga is really the study of the mind and learning to be able to direct your focus without un- interruptions and and be able to hold that of thought process for a longer period of time so it it's a mindful kind of practice and the sister science of yoga is ayurveda which is eastern medicine and that's the study of the body so it becomes a mind-body experience and so yoga was I, i i taught and practiced yoga and still practice but i'm not really formally teaching anymore um but i taught for 25 years and then in in that time frame, I I um I taught yoga. Teacher old training. enough to be doing anything for twenty five <laughs> years, you guys. And it's like I started
0: when I was five.
1: <laughs> um, so when I studied when I studied yoga, I ended up going to India, and then I when I was doing my um, Ayurvedic training, I did my internship in India.
0: That's so cool.
1: Yeah, it was really cool in India in Ayurveda. Um, I was, I was considered there. they used to call me doctor. Like, so when you're, when you're studying Ayurveda and you become a practitioner, you're called doctor in India. Um, but in the United States, it was just it's just a practitioner. Until recently, um, the National Ayurvedic Association is now formulating um, a, a pathway to becoming a doctor of Ayurvedic medicine.
0: Pretty cool. That's amazing. What yeah. would you say would be good advice to someone who maybe wanted to step into Ayurvedic? practice but doesn't like indian food like you know for science
1: (laughs) wow um you you absolutely don't need to like indian food to study ayurveda as a as a medicinal healing practice um but it's sort of like learning a pharmacopoeia of herbs and spices as well so it's not just Um, capsules in terms of medicine. It's using a lot of things like you'd find um, nutritional value or healing properties in many of the spices you'd find in many kitchens. So Mm -hmm. I don't know that you have to like Indian food per se. Curry is one of them, but like coriander, cumin, um, ginger, like there's many, and there's a lot of medicinal properties in each one of those. So Is coriander the one that the black licorice is made from? that black licorice is made of no, no, that's not coriander. No. Um, there, there is different things that are made from black licorice.
0: That's right. Anise is, is and also one. that's really
1: good for a throat. Like if people who have, um, dry throat or like phlegm in their throat or, um, scratchy throats, the licorice derived things, Anise, like you mentioned are things that are really good for that, but that's a totally I, different
0: thing. I, I am like, so on my mom's side, like they're all like Irish, you know, Catholic. So like, I'm happy with like potatoes and butter. Like that's all <laughs> I need, like potatoes and butter. And I'm fine. Like, just give me like a big, a bit, a big vat of mashed potatoes and like a big pat of butter. And, and my husband's like, well, if you want to do the Ayurvedic thing, you know, for your, for your Vata or whatever, yeah. whatever it is, I am put that, I don't even know what I am. Um, You probably don't. And he, he's like, you know, you have to use these, you know, you have to eat the spicy thing. And I'm like, I don't like spicy things. Spicy is not my thing. So that's why I was asking, I'm like, is there a way, like, as I'm talking to an Ayurvedic doctor that you can like have the practice without those particular herbs? Um, Because yeah, they're not my favorite.
1: You could take um, herbs in capsule form. So it's really more palatable. It's not the first um, way that it like kind of uh, penetrates into the bloodstream as easily as something that you're just eating orally, but um, it it certainly works and it activates. Um, so so there there's that. And then in terms of food, it's not necessarily just the foods. Um, it's the qualitative um, understanding of the foods that matter. So if you're if you're like a pitta person, your your dosha is pitta. You have a lot more natural fire in you and heat. And so you want things that are a little more cooling in nature, whether that cooling thing comes from something that's Indian derived or American derived or whatever nationality, there are definitely foods that have a cooling um, quality to it. And that's what you'd want to balance whatever you are. So it harmonizes and doesn't kind of pull you into an extreme because when you're an extreme of whatever your, your dominant dosha is, your profile is, that's when you start becoming imbalanced.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I had definitely been there before. Absolutely. Um, okay. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm formulating my next question. Okay. So what would you say might be like, going through the head of the woman who is destined to work with you? I've literally never asked that question.
1: Oh my God. Twins, twins, twins. Yes. We both have the same... We did, did, did
0: we not did not everybody get the same
1: i think did you get two crystal colors oh yeah
0: yeah i yeah. just haven't taken the other one out yet
1: yeah. <laughs> i like this one it's pretty
0: i do too and i love it when it's wet because it's just okay
1: yeah me too okay repeat the question
0: yeah i know that was weird um what's like going through the mind of the woman who is your ideal client like what if she's watching right now like what is she thinking
1: So I feel that I have gravitated towards working with more women that I think because of my personal experience, I love, um, luxurious things in life. I love that. And so I'm not, I'm not the yoga instructor, spiritual person who's very like earthy and, and, um, simple. I'm much more of the spiritual person who likes the finer things as well. The spiritual person, which has like kindness and service to other people and meditative and like enlightened and wanting to learn more and grow more personal growth and development. So I have an appeal to women who also exude both of those who want either they're living a life that's luxurious and they just feel like something's missing. And the something missing is something that's like, it's not just us. There's more to it than just us. There's a co-creation with the universe. There's there's more.
0: You know what Source just said that was? What? Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. An old money coach.
1: An old money coach.
0: Hmm. Somebody who helps people who have never struggled financially, and that's not an aspect of their issue, but who finds difficulty finding fulfillment in day-to-day because nobody can relate to them because they seem or they project from themselves that they're outwardly, you know, better than somebody, which they don't feel, but people tell them that they feel that way because it's projected onto them. Um, And they just want to have like a quality of life where they're not measured by what they have. I think I already have a client for you. Like this, this is so fantastic. Oh
1: my gosh. I mean, so you it, about it anyway. in yoga there like in in the study of yoga there's this idea or notion that everyone suffers. It's just that people suffer in different different levels. Some suffering is more benign and some suffering is really really hard. Um, but we all have suffering issues. We all have strains and stresses and you know different kinds of experiences that we're challenging in our lives. So I don't, I had a point to that. Um, I think that because we come to yoga for, for that purpose, it's not that everyone has these like major, major devastating problems, but we come because we want to feel more fulfillment in life. We want something, something is just not there. And so I, I feel with women, particularly that have had the experience of having money and had the, had the experience of monetary or material things need to understand that those are not the things that give that fulfillment those are great things and i love them too i I definitely do but there's more and that more is something that i feel i can tap into with women that i have an understanding like in that regard about
0: and i think you made a good point too because those women like society tells you that when you get to a certain threshold of of income You shouldn't have any more problems. And if you do have problems, you should shut up about it because you should be grateful that you have everything that you have. And there's people that would kill to have whatever. And that that starts pretty low, right? Like anything after the poverty line, it's like, who are you to complain? So I kind of call that stuck, but not starving. But I think that when you get to a certain threshold, it's like, how could you possibly think that you have a right to explore anything beyond this? Like, why should, why should society give you the energy to explore this when so many people don't have whatever? And so there's a lot of guilt that comes with that. Like, who am I to do this self-actualization when society is telling me that I should just go, you know, swim in my pool with the swan fountain and shut my mouth? Right. And I think that's, that's who
1: am I to. I, I actually thought at one point that the name of my book was going to be called um, stop the weight, and the, the weight stood for as an acronym. Who am I to? Because we 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 sometimes think, who am I to be able to want this, or who am I to be able to evolve to that, and we're everything to be able to be that person. We 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 are worthy, and we are deserving of all of it. And I used to be asked the question, if I could choose like a famous person, that would be like an ideal client, whether whether people like them or not. I used to think that like the Kardashians, because they have a plethora of money. They have endless amounts of money, but they still have problems. They still have like a lot of their own stuff in their head and they'd be great people to be able to work with and discover like some of the things that you can't buy. Some of the things that they, they just can become.
0: I I agree with you to a point. I would say that, there's so many different facets in such a sliding scale of who has money and who's a quality human. I think they fall like around the middle. I think you could find some really amazing benevolent human beings who have money. Like I would think of somebody like maybe like, um, what's her name there? Anne Hathaway, right? Like she's probably a, a very multimillionaire and she just seems like she's a little troubled. Like, I feel like she's someone who deserves my Karen, you know, like I could, <laughs> I, I could let you work with her. But the Kardashians, I feel like what?
1: I said note to self.
0: But I feel like they would just run Ralph Shove on you. I feel like they would be like, excuse me, Karen. Um, you know how you said that I should read that book? Well, like, I could read it. However, if I read it, then that's me doing something that you said, which like I'd rather do what I say, which is what I've done all along. So that's not really self-actualization but thank you so much for offering and you'd be like like what like like i think some i think some people that have money also think they have the answers i think your sweet spot is i don't have the answers and i have money like Mm -hmm. i'm willing to be humble and put myself out there and say yes i've been very fortunate in my life to amass this wealth and on the spiritual side, I don't really know what's going on. Whereas you remember how our mentor was talking about on that one live she did about how some people would hire her just for the status symbol and they wouldn't even use her, but it was like a status symbol to hire her. Right. So like I would just be weary and I don't know why I'm like having this. I think it's because we're besties and I just feel like I can talk to you like this, but I feel like you've got to find that person that is, has money but at the same time like recognizes your brilliance and is like Karen teach me you know what I mean
1: yeah for sure
0: yeah so if you guys are listening out there and you're rolling in it Karen is here and ready for you for sure thank
1: you I think that that's um really accurate also because I I at heart of everything is I'm 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 a mentor I've always been a mentor a mentor in terms of concept of proof of teaching, because I've experienced a lot of different things, which is part of my sixth line, which is going through this and changing to this and having to renavigate and, and a lot of different things that I've experienced along the way um, has, has been how I have coached along the way as well. The clients who I, the clients who come to me tend to be just a few steps behind me. Like, Mm -hmm. so it's like they, they can relate to me as well. Where mm-hmm. um, I can relate to them very well.
0: Yeah, I have so many ideas. Like I, I can see this now. Like it feels very bold to me. Um, so when it comes to personal development and all the tools that you possess in your toolbox and goodness knows it's a lot because you're like me and we're lifelong learners and we're like gimme gimme. What yeah. would you say is the most has been the most transformational for you? Because obviously everything that we learn, we use on ourselves first. What, what tool do you feel like was the most transformational for you on your journey of self-development and actualization?
1: Ooh, um, I'm really starting to feel currently that human design is that. In the past, um, I, would, I would have to say breathwork. Pranayama, breath work, whatever, soma, um, kind of things. Um, I think I think that it's underrated how how intense it can be, how it can really alter your your mindset and your body simultaneously. Um, so I think that breath work is really powerful and very potent.
0: Yeah, I agree. Although I have a love hate relationship with it because. I panic every time I do it. Um, so talking about human design specifically, you know, you're just now into, are you into the third phase of your six or are you still on the roof? Are you still, you're still on the roof, right?
1: I'm still on the roof. I'm um, <laughs> on the cusp uh, of the edge of the roof.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Um, and so w- as someone who kind of, started with the three energy right which then evolved into the six but then you've also got the other three like your whole first half of your life you were a three three like did you jump out of windows and stuff like (laughs) were you just like a reckless crazy person
1: um i've had my share of doing some some very like unconventional things yeah um i don't know that i'm like such an adventure person but i've just lived life unconventionally um Everything I've done was, and, and my family is, my, my parents are not American. So everything I was, I was like, kind of like the black sheep. I was the one who was doing like the thing that was the rebel type of, not, not in like a goth kind of way, but in a, in a <laughs> I'm doing it my way kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> not in <a> way. <laughs> so
0: where, where, um, where are your parents from?
1: So my mom grew up in Israel. Um, she, she originally was born in Iraq, in Baghdad. But she grew up when she was two. She went; Her family took her to Israel, and that's where she grew up. My dad uh, has been in the States since he was a teenager. And then he went back to Israel, met my mom, and married her, came back here. So she, they, they, uh, they kind of lived here since my sister is a few years older than me. And so they, had, they got married here and had kids here. I love I'm first that. generation.
0: I used to have like fantasies about um doing Aliyah and like so I have a funny story. I have an uncle, he's passed away now, but he had a he has a daughter. You'll probably watch this. So hi Andre. Um he had a daughter and she met a boy and they decided to run away together. And like I guess my uncle like came to the door with a a firearm and said like, don't take my daughter or something. So he ended up losing his job and all this stuff. Anyway, he moved the whole family to Israel when that happened. So from the time that I was a little girl, I was always fascinated with Israel. Like, Oh my gosh, like I want, you know, I want to make Aliyah someday. And you know, I'd follow like the Olim pages and all that stuff. And now I'm like, you know what? Like I love Israel and I love, I'd love to visit it someday. I almost did birthright. I'll tell you that story the other day. Um, but I feel like I would, like, it's the size of Rhode Island and everything around it is, like, not friendly. So right. <laughs> I think I would be super claustrophobic. And, like, as someone who's been there, like, do you, do you feel, I mean, again, my friend Maddie, who's going to watch this too, she lives on a kibbutz there. But, or I guess they just call them communes now. But um, did, did, you, did you, when you were there, did you feel the smallness of it? Like, can you feel
1: the smallness of it? No, I didn't really feel the smallness of it. Um, No, like on a day-to-day, the, the, no, not at all. But um, but um, there had been times where I, ha- I was there where some some kind of like crazy things where we had to like go underground and put masks on and stuff. So there was some weird times there, the gas masks, not just like a COVID mask. I mean, like I'm talking underground. Oh, I know, yeah. 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 So there was... The, like that's, that's like different kind of normalcy going to, I don't know how it is currently, but when we would go to like a movie theater or a supermarket, they would, they they check your bags everywhere you go. There's like detectors or soldiers at every point checking. So there's a lot of monitoring. There's soldiers everywhere. You walk the streets and there's soldiers everywhere. So it's a very different kind of living, but almost, almost with all the chaos in the surrounding areas, there's a, there's a sense of safety because you're so protected with all of the soldiers around. It feels like kind of walking in Manhattan, like when there's police officers all over the place in like a, in like by Broadway is different than work walking in like a, an off the beat, like quiet area where if God forbid someone approached you, there's no police officers. you feel safer in bigger areas. So um, no, I, I didn't really feel the smallness of it at all.
0: Yeah, I think I'm destined at least for the next 10 years to just experience the
1: Holy land through other people, because- I have a story. I have like a major story. I wasn't, I had zero plan of sharing it, but I'm going to now. So when my parents when I have an older brother and sister. um, When my parents were pregnant with, my mother was pregnant with me, um, they were uh, the four of them flying home from Israel. Okay. So they took, El Al was the airlines. They they took the airlines um, from Israel. And my mom is six months pregnant with me. Yeah. I was born January and they, this was in September. So she was like six, seven months pregnant with me. The flight was hijacked. This is a famous story.
0: Oh my God. Your parents were on the Raiden of Entebbe. Stop it.
1: My parents were on this flight. I forgot the number of the flight, but, um, so I think there was two hostages. I mean, two, um, two uh, terrorists, and they took out um, like guns, and there was a grenade. They pulled the grenade. the They had to land the plane in London, um, and um, as they were go- landing the plane in London, they, they, they um, let me think of the exact story. The cockpit, the private, the private um, security on El Al um the cockpit arranged it where they were going to like kind of do a nose up in the air and out from the cockpit came the security with a gun and apprehended the two terrorists
0: okay one, so this is a different one I'm thinking of the one when they had to land in Uganda and they had to go save all the people in the no this that's, is a different that's one. the one I know poor LL this happens to them a lot mm-hmm. huh
1: I think that there was two. I think that was one. And this is the other. Um, so, so it was apprehended. There was one of the women cause there's so many layers to this story. Um, uh, her name is uh, Leila Khaled, and she, she was, she was the woman terrorist from Palestine and she had a grenade. They lit the, so my mother lost her diamond ring. Everyone was evacuating in London on, on the plane. My mother lost her ring. She went back to get it. And Um, The grenade almost blew up like it it was detonated, actually. So my mom went back and it it was like a whole big thing. So Leila Collade was arrested, apprehended and whatnot. And then she was traded. There was a trade. So she was a free woman. I think it was about a year or two ago. She was invited to speak at a college in California. And my brother protested. My brother was like, how can you invite this woman this terrorist woman to speak at your school it was ultimately cancelled my brother my brother brought brought some serious heat to this like you know my, he was four years old at the time my sister was six and anyway there was a documentary that was made maybe seven eight nine years ago I don't remember was, I, I was married at the time so I know I'm, I'm still married but I, I know my husband was in my life because we watched it together and it was the craziest. one time when I was practicing yoga I started crying to my teacher and she was like what and I told her the whole story and she said there's something called vasana vasana is like this imprint of some trauma that experience you experienced whether in the womb or in your life after birth um and it's called vasana and I was like okay maybe the second that this documentary my husband and I sat and watched where she uh, Leila Collad, was on it and I heard her voice and I saw her eyes. I, I, f- I froze and I started shaking and I couldn't swallow. I, could, I couldn't take a breath. It was the craziest thing. Like my husband was like, what's, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't know. And I never saw her because my mom was pregnant with me. I never saw her, but her voice, there was something that just like, <sighs> And, and it like, it got me on this really deep level, like emotionally, there was a trauma there that I didn't even know I had because I wasn't even born. So that was a crazy story. But my parents and my brother and my sister survived what should have been like they were in the plane and my father, my father had to prepare all of them that we're going to die together we're all together at least we're a family and we're going to all die together and they you know, have their hands on my belly and I mean my mom's belly you know and 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 they were all preparing to die oh my god
0: yeah I I have choice words on <clears throat> that particular group of humans that will not be made public on this broadcast but um you know, as a as a fellow Jew, um, Jewist, I guess we are, right? I I definitely uh have some have some thoughts on that. Um, uh, so regarding the other one though, the the Intemi one. So we were at shul one time. Um, this show we were kind of trying it out. It's kind of like you know, there's always three shuls, right? So we're, this was the conservative one, and so um, we, the the reform one here is just kind of it's a little bit too. It's a little bit too. I don't know. It's not like reform in the north. Reform in the south is kind of like low key Christian, a little bit. Kind of is. Um, and so we we were going to the conservative one anyway. Long story short, this guy that um that is one of the like people that speaks at shul and stuff like that. His son was having his bar uh, his bar mitzvah, and we were sitting around after you know it was the Saturday or whatever. We're like sitting around in the hall. And we knew that this guy had been like in the military or whatever, um, and he was so he was in the Mossad. And my husband's an Army Ranger, so this little boy was like obsessed that my husband was a Ranger. And he's like, "Oh my gosh, your husband's a Ranger! Like that's so cool!" And we're like, "Bro, your dad literally like knew like Yonatan Netanyahu. Like like they like he was there. Like he was on the ground. Like like there's no contest. Like this little boy was just enamored." <laughs> my husband and I'm like do do you have any idea who your dad is like do you you have any idea like you don't even understand like Mossad like uh, hello like it was just it was crazy um yeah Israel they're they're badasses they are such badasses yeah I used to get in fights with kids in elementary school because I would say that Israel's army was like so powerful, and they were like, "What are you talking about? It's so little." I don't know. I just I've always been little but
1: powerful for sure. Little, mm-hmm. but
0: that Iron Dome, I, I would mess with that stuff.
1: Mm-mm. No. But back to
0: Karen, because that's why we're here. So if some somebody wants to get a hold of you, if they want to work with you, if they're like, "You're my person," um, how do they do that?
1: So I'm very approachable. Um- I'm on social media. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook. Well, I'm on, on
0: Instagram. Okay.
1: Facebook. I didn't give you my LinkedIn, but my LinkedIn is my name also. Um, I like LinkedIn, but I'm definitely much more on these two platforms. And then my website, um, you can send me an email. You can text message me. You can send me a DM, whatever it is. You can check out my stuff and um, yeah, always reach me. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very obliging to respond.
0: Oh my God. I love you so much. This has been so fun. Obviously we're continuing this after we shut this off. So I'll see you in a minute. Um, okay. for everybody else, Karen, thank you so much for being here. It has been fantastic. We'll definitely have to have you on the show again. Maybe we'll do like some kind of collab or something like well, <laughs> two pissed off Jews.
1: That would be fun. <laughs>
0: I love you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And that'll do it for this week's episode of the Dream Design Podcast with Amy Lee. Until next time, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, and may you be at peace. Namaste. Hey, Dream Builder, are you loving this stuff? Do you want more? More human design, law of attraction and manifestation? Then my Designed to Dream membership is for you. You'll get the Dream Design Vault packed with pre-recorded content to help you design and manifest your dreams. A monthly group coaching call with me and a monthly theme and meditations to support you on your journey. Membership is just $47 a month and you can cancel any time with no hassle. Join us and start designing your dreams now.